Bienvenida to the Latina Business Coach Podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, founder of Femina Society for Latina Entrepreneurs, mentor, and business strategist. This podcast is for you if you have a massive desire to be successful and you know you have crazy potential, but you're still wondering why you're not where you want to be or even how to get started. The thing that you're missing, it's called strategy. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this podcast because, Mija, you're trying to build an empire and you just need someone to tell you how. Lista? Let's go. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Latina Business Coach Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I have a special guest. I have somebody who, one, I had the pleasure of working with because I had been following her on Instagram and I knew as soon as I saw her page that, one, I wanted her to do and create something for me and my project, and two, that her energy and her talent is amazing. It's infectious and I could not wait to be around her. Um, As you guys know, I've been working on creating a YouTube channel and just updating things here in my office. So of course, I wanted an expert calligrapher, an expert creator at Laser Cuts, and I was able to work with the owner and CEO of Deco Inc. Designs, wife, mom, and calligraphy instructor. Please welcome Boss Babe Latina, Maria Duenas Bernard. Welcome. (laughs) Well, thank you. And uh, I just want to thank you um, for allowing me the opportunity to come on your podcast and speak because there's so much power when two women come together, two or more, right? Um, So thank you so much for that. Uh, Like she said, I am Maria Duenas Bernard. I um, lost my Mexican last name when I married my husband. He's Jamaican. Um, He was born in the States though. And we frequently like to go and travel back to Jamaica, but I also have, um, we have two beautiful children and it all kind of, my story kind of all starts with the second pregnancy that I had. Um, we were, we were in turmoil. So let me, let me rewind to the, my early twenties when I thought I was like so cool and I knew what I wanted. Yeah. Um, Everybody, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like your 20s, your early 20s, you're just kind of like, you know what you want and you're chasing after it. And then you get to your 30s and you're like, wow, never would I have thought that I would be here, you know? So um, in my early 20s, I knew I wanted to be a math teacher. Um, I knew actually since I was in high school, I had phenomenal math teachers that were just amazing. Like they inspired me to no end. I was like, I'm going to be a math teacher just like them. So, um, I had a few hurdles though. I I was an illegal immigrant for most of my life. And when I turned 17, there was a law and the dream act was starting to become like a thing. And so the nurses and my math teachers were trying to like adopt me so that I could stay in the country. So I wouldn't have to be deported Mm -hmm. because by the time you're 18, so many legal things. So anyways, to make a long story super short, um, my husband and I got married when I was 17 and a half. <gasps> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. We got married real young. So in, in efforts, obviously we were planning to get married anyways, but in efforts of like me staying in the country and being able to go to college. Right. So we end up having to 
do the things that we didn't want to do, which was I had to be deported and I had to go back to Mexico for a whole year. So kind of like backtracked me on the whole being a math teacher thing. And, um, it really just caused a lot of rift in in all of my relationships, my goals, my aspirations, everything. So when I came back to the States after a year, they told me it'd be six months to three years. Um, it was a year. I'm so glad um, because it that year did enough to like set me back and bring me back as a different person. I was still driven, but um, I enrolled at Chandler Gilbert Community College, did two years there. And then I went to ASU to finish my two years there. And I got pregnant right before I was about to graduate a year before. And so, you know, with pregnancy and the degree that I was about to get into, it's a little tough. They don't really support pregnancy. They don't really, um, you know, compensate you for the time off. You know, it sucks. Right. Just right. Don't right. What you want to. But anyway, so um, I graduated when my son was six months old. I started teaching when he was a year. And then I taught for a whole year. And in that year, I got pregnant again. So that year was just like, holy smokes, teaching is a lot more work than I ever imagined, right? So I was taking work home. I was literally working like 14-hour shifts. Never saw my husband. Um, and so that was an experience that like I never imagined because I thought, oh, I went to school for four years. Like, I, I got this, but it's just so different. So, um, not to say that I didn't love it. I absolutely adored the students. I worked with uh, seventh and eighth graders, and they were just um, they were just amazing to work with. Like other problems they would bring to the table were just like I really wanted to like fix everybody's problems, and I realized that the more and more I wanted to fix, the more and more there was wrong. So it was like, I just felt helpless. Mm -hmm. um, I would have stayed in the profession. I would have continued to be a math teacher. But what happened was I was doing the summer with my daughter and I had her early. So I had her in June instead of July. And I was, they wanted me back in August when school started again, which I was like, you know what? I, I think I could do this. I think I could, you know, get my daughter healthy again. She was in the NICU for two weeks. She was born super early and needed some extra help. So I'm like, I think we could do this, but push came to shove and I just could not pull it off. Um, another thing is we were looking at daycare and realized that like my whole salary would go to two kids in daycare. So I was like, okay, either I work to pay for somebody to watch my kids or I watch my own kids and not right. work. So um, that's kind of what it came down to. And at the time we got kicked out of our one bedroom apartment because we were told, even though we signed the lease, we were told that in the state of Arizona, there can't be more than three people living in a one bedroom apartment. So here we are living in my best friend's house. Our marriage is super rocky. I have postpartum depression and my daughter is not the healthiest. She's still needing to gain weight. So I was a mess girl. I was like completely a mess. And so I, um, living with my best friend was just such a light in my life because she knew from the beginning of time when I first met her, when we were five, she knew that I loved to hand letter. I loved it. Like I would go and label my mom's salt shaker and I would just like 
hand letter everything that I could and label things all around my mom's house. So she knew. And so she saw an Instagram uh, calligraphy video and she tagged me and she said, Maria, you've got to do this. You're, I know you were telling me that you were looking for a new hobby. You should, you know, get into calligraphy. And so for like a month, I was looking at all the videos and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And I would just like be in so much awe of how soothing you know, just watching the video was. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to order the pens. I'm just going to do this. Like, why not? And so with a little bit of money we had, I was like, can I, I asked my husband, I'm like, can I please just order one pen? And oh, I, I know. It was like, I was like, I got to do this. So, um, I ordered the stuff and girl, I practiced every day when my husband would come home at 6 PM after he went to work, school and the gym he'd come home and i mean i feel horrible now looking back but i would just shove the kids right in his face and be like um if our daughter needs nursing bring her into the room otherwise i'm doing calligraphy so yeah um, it was just like it was just a passion that kept growing the more i learned about it the more i wanted to do then i opened up my own um instagram account just to post like you know hand lettering stuff and if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of my Instagram, you will see like the very first post that I ever posted. It's just very, you know, black calligraphy, just like not professional whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I, I started that way. And then people started asking, Hey, can you do my uh, invitations for my wedding? And can you write on this chalkboard for me? And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I don't, I'm not a professional, you know? And so looking back, I'm so glad that I, that I, you know, even though I wasn't super confident in my calligraphy, looking back, I'm so glad that I took those jobs because it gave me that push. It gave me that, um, you know, that confidence, the ability to know, okay, someone liked what I did. And I'm super thankful for those people that have followed me from day one and have completely supported my business and everything that I've done. Um, but yeah, I just, I started that way. And then slowly it just my sisters were like well are you getting paid for this are you getting paid enough I have four sisters so they're always on me and they're always encouraging me and inspiring me so they kind of encouraged me to open up an Etsy account so in opening the Etsy account I uh, started learning about the laser cut machine and I learned about that because I was working the graveyard shift at my corporate job because after I was a stay-at-home mom for eight months and doing calligraphy at home um, I had to go back to work like there was no you know calligraphy wasn't even anything that I even imagined would be like a business I was just doing it as a hobby and like doing right. small things, you know, here and there. So I never imagined like it become a business. So I knew like eventually I had to go to work. And so I went back to work and I found out about the laser because working the graveyard shift, there was this um, Brazilian woman who came from Brazil two years ago and was like living out the American dream using this, um, this resource, this building called the tech shop where they housed all these industrial machines. And so she was sewing yoga pants from Brazilian fabric at the tech shop. And she's like, you need to go to the tech shop. If you could do pretty calligraphy like this, you know, right in front of me, I'm sure you can like turn it into like a 3D object. And I was like, really? So she inspired me to go in. I, I did. And I, you know, saved up all my money I could. I would rent out the space and it was only two hours at a time. So when I got the Etsy account and I started selling laser cut calligraphy, it was just like, 
moving so fast that I had no idea what I was really doing. I didn't even know at the, I didn't even know that I was really becoming a small business owner at the time. Right. Like it was happening. Right. And, um, you know, as, as more and more happened, I grew not just in my business, but I grew as a person. And I started realizing that this is what God wanted me to do all along. And it just yeah. took me the time to just be vulnerable and accept, you know, where I was in life and just make the best out of it. Right. Yeah. So, so much, like literally this whole story, I'm like, I'm going through this whole story and I'm picturing every step and I just, I feel like I can relate to it in so many ways because it's true. It's like, you think you have this plan and you know, you're going, you're moving along and then like, you know, for me too, I have two kids. I had back to back two littles. And I remember your story. You were like, I have two under two. I'm like, me too. Like that was my story too. And so everything is still, it's still possible, right. To do all the things you want, but it just, it's like a little bit extra work. And like, you have to take so many more things into consideration. Exactly. And I just feel you on like all of those levels of like, okay, I'm trying to balance life, being a new mom. I just realized I'm not basically fulfilling my dreams. I'm just going to sit out. I'm going to do the mom thing. And that was honestly how my story, my new story started. It was like, okay, I'll just stay home and I'll be with the kids. Right. And, and you feel really lonely. Yeah. Especially a creative person who's like, has really big goals and really ambitious. You feel really lonely at that point in time when you're like, okay, like just sit out for a little bit and you're like, okay, I'll just, I'll do this. I'll do that. And then, you know, if you, if you don't like, and it's not all like some women really love staying home and, and it's perfect. Like I'm never downplaying that at all. But for me personally, I was like, I need to do something. And that's why I love your story because you were like, okay, cool. What can I do on my off time? Or when somebody get my husband gets home now, what, like, what can I do for myself? Yes. Yes. I knew I had to do something for myself. I just knew it. Yeah. And there's so much power. Like you said, you, you staying home and saying, okay, I'm going to stay home with my kids. There's, you know, at that time you feel almost like you've been defeated, like, like the, the things you had planned and all these goals and all these plans, like you feel like they're out the door, but little, little do you know that that's just like the plan that need, that's what needs to happen in order yeah. for you to flourish. And yeah. Become this you to be. Me too. Yeah. That was for me too. So once I, I realized like, Oh, I have to sit out for a little bit. And then I just was like, okay, this is it. Well then when I wanted to come back, that was how Femina was born in the community because I was like, I need new friends. Like, I feel like I need to find myself again yes. and be around positive women. So that was how that started. So that's why that story I so relate to. So if anybody's listening to it right now where you're kind of in that transitional period where you're not really sure what the next step is, but you know that there's something coming or there's, you know, there's a change, like you're meant for more. You just got to stick through, like there's something happening. So that's what I really love about your story too. Cause that's where I was, but yeah. Okay. Finish telling me. So then you pretty much, you end up starting this Etsy shop. You get a laser, like you're looking at laser cut, you're turning into a business. You don't realize that this is like a business. You're no. still working. Tell me. I'm still working full-time uh, graveyard shift at Bank of America was a call center. Um, and I loved my job, actually. I, I loved, I love helping people in general. So whether it's on the phone or it's in person, I love it. And I know for some people doing phone jobs, it's hard, but for me, if anybody out there has a phone job where, or a job that you absolutely hate and you have no interaction with people, um, 
really count the blessings that you have at that job. And for me, it was the fact that, okay, I don't get to see these people, but I do get to talk to people all over the world. So one of the questions I had in every single one of my calls is, where are you calling from today? Sometimes it would tell me where they were calling from and sometimes it wouldn't, but I'd still ask even if it would tell me. And it just opened up so much conversation. Like, what's it like? I would love to visit. Where would you recommend? And, you know, just being able to leave my job and talk to 80 people from all over the world was like, that's a blessing. You know, yeah. not, not too many people get to talk to 80 people from all over the world. So, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend that to somebody that's working a job that they, that they hate, but I was working that job doing laser cuts at the tech shop and getting home at like 7am. And at the time the tech shop was open 24 hours. So like I can go, I was able to go like straight after work once I got off at like three, 4 a.m. And so I could work from like 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. and then get home. And my kids would already be awake. My husband would be out the door, you know, on his way to work. And I was not getting any sleep. Like it was, I was miserable. And so, um, yeah, I, I did that for a while. And the Etsy, the Etsy store started thriving and started getting more orders. And I, started to book more time at the tech shop and it was pretty expensive. Um, even though they did have lots of machines there, it was still very booked. And so if I wanted to get in, I had to not only pay like the monthly dues, but I had to pay for the classes that I needed to take to use these machines. And so, um, what happened, what ended up happening, I switched my job, switched to a morning shift, and then I was able to get more hours at the tech shop, but then the tech shop closed um, they went bankrupt and like oh. thousands of small business owners lost access to all these amazing industrial machines. And it, it didn't just close here in Arizona. Tech shop was a, a, a nationwide business. So it was open in California. It was open in several places in New York. Like it was open for many small business owners that were doing their own thing using their machines. And so when it closed down, I was like, oh my gosh, here, you know, I thought, I was becoming this small business owner and I had this side hustle that I was eventually realizing that it could be like my full hustle, right? My yeah. job, my passion. And then when it closed down, I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, I don't like, I now I, I sell laser cuts and now I don't have right. you know, laser, a laser. <laughs> now I can't make laser cuts. And like, that's my whole business. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy yeah. that they closed. They closed. That breaks my heart for all those businesses. Oh my gosh. We were all in just, we were all torn. Um, luckily for the businesses that were really thriving, it kind of pushed us to, to get our own lasers. And at the time there was, um, a sale going on with laser cuts if you were from the tech shop and you wanted to, you know, continue your, it wasn't huge, you know, it's still a big machine that costs thousands of dollars, but it was still something that could help us. And so, um, I contacted the guy cause I spoke to a few other women that, that were laser cutting stuff there. Some women made earrings there. I mean, the laser can do so many things. Um, wow. think about a cricket, just, it could cut a little thicker in different materials. So anyways, I spoke to one of the ladies. She's like, call this guy. I did. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be this much. And I was like, okay, never mind. I guess I got to close my business or I got to, you know, change my branding. But I really didn't want to. Like I was, I had worked so hard, endless hours, you know, sleepless nights to, 
master this laser and then for it to like just be gone. I was like, no. So um, my husband, uh, he had lost, we lost my father-in-law earlier that year for the tech shop closed. And so in the you know morning of it and, and talking about his dad and all the things that were going on, um, my husband said, why don't we use my dad's life insurance to buy a laser? And I said, what? Like, how? Like, why? Like, no, I can't do that. Like, that's just, and he's like, but you know, my dad was always very supportive of you. He gave you your very own like lettering pad to be transferred onto a computer. Like he was very supportive of you. And his dad was a tech genius. Like he just knew computers in and out. If you had a computer problem, he'd fix it in less than a few hours and give you the computer back. Like he was just a genius. And so before he died, he was really encouraging me to like do more with my calligraphy. And so anyways, we, we decided to invest into my business and we bought a laser in December of 2017. And I've never looked back girl. And I quit my job and I just went full time. And I was like, look, if I'm going to spend this much money on a huge laser, I'm just going to quit my job now and yeah. do this full time. And it, it was scary. It was the scariest thing I had ever done because um, not only did I love my full-time corporate job and I was, I was on my way to becoming a manager there and I had it all set. I had amazing health insurance, super inexpensive, but amazing. And I had a great pay. Like I was, I was loving my job there. And so for me, it was like, okay, well, this is what I love, but this is what brings the money. And so I was like, okay, I got to do what I love, even though it's not going to make me the money right away. And, and sure enough, I mean, my first year. Um, I spent twenty twenty two thousand dollars on my laser and I made twenty four thousand dollars that that year. Yes. So it literally I mean I I made no problem and, and I had to invest in other things, right? The laser right. was not the only and so yeah, the first year was tough, girl. I did not make not one penny. I put so much of my love and money and time into that first year. I mean, I still do every year, right? But that year was tough because you don't see the return. You don't see anything. You don't see um, the, the sales are not what you want them to be, the interaction. And so every year after that, what I've been doing is I've been choosing a word every year that's going to define what that next year is going to be like. And it's not more money. It's not more, for me, it's not that. For me, it's connecting, simplifying, um, reaching out, making a difference. And so this year um, was simplifying. Last year was connecting. And so every year I've, I've noticed that depending on that word I choose and I, and I, really manifest it, it really makes my business grow in that way. And it's amazing because it's like, it ends up making money. It ends up making me a profit that I never really imagined, but it's just because I'm working from, from that one word that what means the most to me that at that time, it's like, wow, like there's just so much power there. So yeah. anyway, that's how I'm here. No, that's the, this story is like way deeper than I thought. I'm still thinking <laughs> about your father-in-law. What a huge gift. Honestly, at yeah. that point, I feel like, you know, like he just knew like, because you and your husband are high school sweethearts. So you're literally like another daughter to him. Yes. And so when he thinks of like, you know, like what better, sometimes you, you always think like, how can I take care of my family? And then you you know, you yeah. leave money and people 
squander it. They don't invest it well. But then how like brave of you guys to just invest in you. And that's something that um, I feel like a lot of successful couples, you know, couples that are really supportive of each other. It's like, hey, like we have this amount of money and like I'm going to bet on you. I'm going to believe in you. And that's something that, you know, me and my husband have. And so that's such a big step for someone to just say, you know what, like on you, like double down, like all in on, on Maria, like, here we go. And that whole year, you know, it's so, so amazing when that happens because it does multiply. Like you said, you know, like God just had this plan for you. And when you really think about how you're going to get resourceful, like we struggle because we don't know we don't think it's possible for us because we don't, well, I don't have that in my bank account. Okay. Instead changing your, your question to like, okay, well, how can I? And then, you know, this money comes up. Yes. Do the dang thing. You double down, you go all in. Yes. The first year was hard, but you still created some amazing things. I'm sure you learned so many lessons. So yeah. Like so many things besides just the money. Like there was so many other things that money couldn't have like lessons that you couldn't have purchase that you couldn't have learned from a right. book. Exactly, girl. And now you make this incredible art. You have you're like in weddings all over Arizona. They're using your calligraphy, your laser cuts, you do all kinds of decorations. You're always posting stuff and I see it and family involved. Like I see you put your kids to work. Like t- it's like a family business. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I want them to see how hard it is that you have to work for you to get what you want and, and really, um, you know, make the connections and make a difference in your community. Like I want them to see that because it, it doesn't, it's not like, Oh, I want this. And you know, where's the money? It's like, no, well, you got to work for it, you know? Yeah. So I want so, them to see So that. amazing. Well, one of the things I really like now is that not only did you, um, develop this skill that you kind of always had, right. You were always good at writing or drawing, And then you just practice that skill. You developed it, you developed it and you turned it into a business, which is something that is, that is true entrepreneurship, right? It's just like, what am I good at right now? What can I create? Especially in this time right now with, with the coronavirus, so many people are getting so stuck on all the things they can't do. And instead I'm like, well, think about all the skills that you can do, the thing, the skills that you have naturally that, or the desires you have that you can develop. And so yeah. at this point, um, I, I, what I love the most out of that too, is that you were self-taught, but then you also now are still using your first passion, which is teaching, but now you're teaching calligraphy. So you're yes. still teaching, you're still in the classroom setting, but you're helping women develop their talent or their craft. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So I'm glad you bring that up. Cause I didn't really talk too much about that teaching aspect, but Honestly, if I have to tell you, I love it. It's, it's my favorite thing. If, if I could do that. And so, um, now with this coronavirus and everything, I've really, I've used my laser less often and I've been doing more hand lettering stuff. And I really, not that I don't do hand lettering with the laser. I do it on my iPad and then I do the whole shebang to get, you know, a big laser cut. Right. But I'm talking about just practicing letters and just sitting there and um, reflecting on on the strokes that I just created with my pen and the paper and just that soothingness of it. And so I, I miss... I miss that. And so I've been doing more of that now that I've been quarantined and I've been home and um, my daughter's even really wanted to learn. She's only four, but it's just, yeah. So, so I've been doing more of that and I'm going to be on, on live Instagram on 
Thursday at 6 p.m. So hopefully you can join. But yeah, I've just, uh, that's just one thing that I absolutely love to do. And I wish that's, that would be like my only thing doing. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Things change, right? But you never know. You would never know if you put that out there. And I just want to say that one of the things I feel like the way that to, to best serve your community right now is by sharing like the things that you know how to do. So let's say in your, in your case, um, you're teaching people on Instagram, how they can do calligraphy from home. Like, Hey, this is the pen I use. This is the paper I use. Use it. Okay. So uh, someone with a minimal mindset would think, well, why would I teach them to do this? They're just going to go and do it on their own. And that's going to take business away from me. But someone with an abundant mindset like you, right. You're like, what? You're like, whoa, I'm happy to share this skill with you. And long story short, if they still need something for an event or if they still need something made, like they're probably still going to come to you and you're going to be the first person that comes to mind because you taught them something, you taught them a skill, you help them. I think that with people right now that are having that like minimal mindset, like, oh, I don't want to share this because then it's going to take away. But really, like they can't laser cut their own signs, right? They're still going to need your help or they know somebody that's going to need something. So they're going to think of you first. Right. And even if they do want to laser cut their own stuff, I want to encourage people (laughs) to do that because I mean, I don't know, but for me, I teaching, I teach every other month at studio two, two, three in downtown Gilbert. And I, I absolutely love it. I always leave on such a high energy because these women and men that come to my class are just like hungry to learn. Right. And so I always like to share with them, like, Hey, this opened up so many doors for me. I really wish that it does the same for you. And so, um, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I've encountered so many people in my industry, um, some calligraphers, some, you know, wedding planners, some uh, decor planners. And, you know, they're like, wait, I don't want to share that with you, you know? And, and I've asked them like, Hey, where'd you do this? Or where'd you get this? And they're like, Oh, well, I can't share that with you. And, and I respect that. But at the same time, guess what? I'm still going to find out because I'm going to, I'm determined. Right. And so, um, for me, it does no good to hide any of my skills or any of my tips or whatever I have that I've learned in the last five, six years that I've started my business. I, 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 it does me no good because I'm not giving back to my community. That's, that's really what I want to do is I want to help others, right. Reach their goals and Mm -hmm. uh, back. And so for me, sharing, really just makes me feel like I'm helping somebody and that's fulfilling in itself, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I hope so powerful. That. I love that. I'm the same way. I love that mindset too. And that's why it just keeps multiplying for you. I, there's so many like good nuggets that we've just gotten from your story, but I know that you are really big on um, not comparing your, your day one to someone's day 50, like you said. Yeah. So if you just want to leave us with like a tip on just like that comparisonitis that a lot of people maybe struggle with and maybe that you experienced. If you want to leave us with that tip, that would be so awesome. Cause I know you, you really are big on that. Yes, for sure. I love it. Um, so if you're at home now or, um, you've been thinking about something for the longest time and you have a passion that you really, really want to take on and start, just do it. And, um, don't compare yourself to that person who's doing it full force, right? Because you're completely leaving out all the time and effort and money that they've invested into that business that 
that has, you know, created to be this big thing. Right. And so use those people. If you're, if you're watching somebody that you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I want to do that. I want to do what she's doing. Use them as inspiration and not as comparison because there's so much power realizing that that's something you want to do, but also realizing that you're going to do it in your own way because you're going to bring something different to the table. When you, when you look at it that way and you look at it as you are one in, you know, you, you are an individual, you, no one can compare to you. You bring to the table something different than someone else can. And so even though you do the same thing as somebody else, you're never going to provide the same service as someone else. And so For me, um, that would be like my biggest tip is if you're on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're on and you see these people um, post these beautiful things about their business and you want to create something beautiful like that or you want to be like that, um, just remember that it's going to take time and work, but also remember that they too started with whatever they had at that time. So Mm. start with what you have. Just little bit you have use that and you know take off with it and and share it because the more you share it with people the more you'll see that it's it's really your path and it's really something that's gonna bring you to that point where you can flourish and be who you want to be oh my gosh thank you so much i just have so many chills that that was so (laughs) perfect that was so beautiful thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your story. I know so many people are just really going to relate. And I know that this is really going to resonate with a lot of people that have just been thinking about starting something, but maybe they just are limited in resources or whatever. So it's just this time to get resourceful on the skills that you want to acquire and just use it and and move forward. So thank you so much for your story. I cannot wait to see all the big things you're going to do. I know we're a little bit on lockdown right now, but once we open the gates, like we're just going to flood through. I know. So thank (laughs) you so much. Um, I'll make sure everybody follows you on Instagram. So your Instagram is what tell us. Yeah, for sure. So I have a website. It's www.decoinkdesigns.com. You can go to Instagram. It's under decoinkdesigns. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful for you. If you want to keep hearing podcasts like this, nothing inspires me more than seeing that people are subscribing. So please subscribe, please leave a review and tell me what are some of the key lessons you learned and how you're going to apply this to your business. Also, can you do one more thing for me? Take a screenshot and post it. I'll definitely share it and just remember one more thing. You could be one strategy away from making it big. Hasta la próxima. Say goodbye, Latina business coach. Say goodbye, Latina business coach.